RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation, and you can help them support the parks by shopping their limited edition National Park Collection. Every time you purchase products from the L.L. Bean National Park Collection, which includes totes, shirts, hats, patches, and more, you're helping to protect, restore, and improve parks throughout the U.S. Search National Park Collection at LLBean.com and be an outsider with L.L. Bean. This week, as the coronavirus affects everyone's daily lives in America, we talk about how it's impacting RV travel. Plus, fifth wheels are about to get much bigger. We tell you why. And what do you do when voltage is low at your campground? Listener questions and a whole lot more. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 136 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, attempting to open up my phone so I can read my script. Hold on there. Oh, no, that's good. And I'm Abby, and we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more. You would think, after... 50, 60 episodes of saying that, yeah. that I would have that memorized. That's what I was about to say. I don't have space hey, in my brain for you, that. I dump it as quickly <laughs> as I say it. <laughs> you weren't on the show last week, I, yeah. so we'll forgive you. Yeah, <clears throat> That's true. I was, I was attempting to not get the stomach virus because Trebu's don't get stomach viruses. Uh-huh, that's sure. just, we don't, we yeah. don't, that's not something so, we do. So staying off the podcast was how you <laughs> attempted to not get sick. Yeah, it worked great. I didn't get sick. <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling better yeah. from your not being sick. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you. It Thanks for holding the, the shift down last week. Yeah, was I, it not the same? You no. didn't, you didn't feel insulted by the time the episode was over. <laughs> <laughs> not that I want to imply that I'm mean to you or anything on the show. I just think I bring a level of realism that sure strips away the the curtain of who is Jason Evers. <laughs> We're coming to you from Camp Verde, Arizona, from the Verde Ranch RV Resort. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. We're having a blast here, being near Sedona and a whole lot of National Park Service sites around here. I had no idea there were so many. I was surprised that at least within a very short driving distance from this campground, mm-hmm. there's three. Thankfully, it is a, it's a partly cloudy day today. We've got a lot of sunshine. The More last week, than... it has been rain, 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 yes. rain every day. As a matter of fact, there is a, uh, a river right behind us here that is Let's very just, high and very fast right now. <laughs> Let's just call it an ocean. <laughs> There's an ocean behind us that is slowly <laughs> making its way towards... Ranger Gandalf Traley, the second working title. So, uh, we, <laughs> yeah, that name has not. Oh, man. I don't, I think we could probably just drop working title at this yeah. point because I don't think that name is going to change. Or we keep working title and that's just part of the name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We're having a blast at this campground. We have we decided are. to 
extend our stay here. We've been here for a week now. We're going to stay here a whole nother month. Our travel plans are changing drastically, as I think a lot of people's are right yeah. now. So we're just going to sort of hole up here for a while because it's such a nice place. And, Absolutely. Uh, so it, we're going to be here until mid-April, mm-hmm. which means um, if you been following our Monday Night Lives on Facebook over on Our Wondering Family or the little bit we've talked here on the podcast, you know that we did have some plans for Disney in May and that we were supposed to be making a very long journey from here to Florida starting at the end of March. That is all scrapped. So, and look, it's not even our fault this time. We're not to blame for completely upending our travel plans, but we did go ahead and decide to reschedule that trip, reschedule everything we had planned for Florida, and we are going to now reassess what we want to do after we leave this area mid-April. No idea. Yeah, it's it's all sort of up in the air for us. As full-timers, uh, we're, we're affected by this, I think. Uh, quite a bit. There, there's a lot going on. A lot of people ask us all the time, "Is what it, have your travel plans changed because of this? And I think the answer to that question like four days ago was absolutely not. Everything's the same. <laughs> we uh, are going to that convention. <laughs> but every everything is not the same now. There's a lot going no. on. So we don't want to make this like a coronavirus episode. No, this is not going to be uh, a Debbie Downer. <laughs> because I think a lot of people don't want to uh, sit no. and just listen to that because that's all we've been listening to on the news. Yeah, I had to turn the news off this morning. Not because I don't want to be informed, <laughs> but I think you reach a level where there's informed and there's saturated and it starts to kind of play with your mind, at least the type of person that I am and the fears that I have a little bit for Jason's own health in particular, not that he is in a category where they consider him high risk for COVID-19, but just, I'm still just, we're all just still trying to recover from what happened in the fall. So, you know, I just had to say to myself today, I'm turning it off. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to eat this big giant cinnamon roll that I just made and I'm going to go on with my day and practice my social distancing and do all my, you know, things that they're asking us to do, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be afraid. We do want to spend some time though, talking about what we do know that's happening in the RV and camping world with the virus here at the beginning of the show, um, just so everybody can be as informed as possible. It is affecting RV travel, camping, national parks, whole lots of stuff. And things that are changing day by day. Hour by by hour. I want to say, too, before we jump into this, I want to say two things. First, uh, there is a possibility that this entire podcast is going to find itself up on YouTube. Jason is toying around with that again. (laughs) We're trying to do a video version again. I can't with this. (laughs) I just sit back and say, just show me where to show up and I'll slap some red lipstick on. Uh, Second, um, we're just going to talk about the RV travel industry and the information that we know. We fully understand that there are a million other industries that are just being pummeled right now. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in my fresh tank. But for the sake of just this podcast, what this podcast is about, and the amount of information that's out there, we are just going to focus on the RV industry. It does not mean that we are not empathetic, sensitive, or aware of the other areas. It's just, we would be here for like five hours just talking news if we talked about everything else. Right. So what we know and what we don't know. 
Um, and, and this <laughs> what all we don't know is a lot. <laughs> this all could change by the time this episode uh, gets yeah. released as well. This is very true. <laughs> I keep waiting, and I think one shoe has fallen with the National Park Service, and I think that other shoe is kind of dangling, and it's holding on by like one lace. Well, let's start there. Uh, what we know from national parks, that's the biggest question we always get. Uh, there have been no shutdowns in national parks that we know of, but uh, events, ranger talks, uh, any sort of stuff that re- requires gatherings of people uh, has, has been canceled most of, through most of the national park system. Um, but for the most part, uh, uh, the park system has not been affected otherwise. All the National Park Service campgrounds are open at this moment, and as far as we know, every federal campground is open at this moment. Yeah, and we were at uh, Montezuma Castle mm-hmm. yesterday, and we're going to talk busy. very busy. We're going to talk about that on a future podcast episode. But you know, there was a ranger that was checking passes because there's a fee to go to the castle, and she was wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're clearly taking some steps in there. Uh, to protect the volunteers and the rangers as well as the rest of us. Uh, but it was very busy. I uh, was surprised how busy it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a huge site, so there's not a ton of people there. But it was, it was the parking lot was full for sure. Yeah, and they're in their busy season as well, <clears throat> according to their website. Now, state and local government-operated parks are a different story. Um, for the most part, they're open, uh, but we have heard lots of closures. And the biggest one that... Uh, that we know about is New Mexico state parks. All New Mexico state parks are open for day use, but they're closed for camping. That was shocking. <clears throat> it's funny because that was shocking. New Mexico state parks are some of the smallest state park campgrounds yeah. that we know of in the country as well, but they're, they're all closed. Uh, yeah. There's this part of me that I can't quite connect and maybe somebody else understands the reasoning behind this has a better insight than we do as to why you keep it open during the day but you close it to your campers at night when generally your campers are just in their RVs sleeping. Well, one of our followers, uh, Lynn, was talking about this, and she okay. she sort of feels that it's it's more about travel and okay and discouraging people from moving from state to state and coming to okay. the campgrounds and and spreading the virus around. Now, what it's really doing is actually just causing more reservations at private campgrounds. Yeah, because I was talking to the property manager here at Verde Ranch yesterday, and the first thing that she said without any prompting from me was that New Mexico state parks had closed and that they were getting an influx of those campers coming from New Mexico into Arizona and looking for a campground, a a campground that's open, b a campground that can accommodate them for a decent amount of time. And that seems to be something that we hear a lot of right now is that if you're getting displaced from a county campground, like we're hearing that some of the counties in Tennessee, their campgrounds are closing. And so then you're looking to the state and the private and the federal. And a lot of those are already booked to begin with. We're coming into camping season. And in some places we're already in camping season. I mean, the snowbirds are all where they want to be for those warmer seasons. And so it's a real, um, it's almost like you're shaking the magic eight ball and being like, should I go to Arizona? You know, yeah, again, you look at it. <laughs> it can all change tomorrow. Yeah. So New Mexico state parks are all closed. We know uh, three Pennsylvania state parks are closed near sort of a hotbed area for the virus. Several Massachusetts state park campgrounds are closed. That just happened yesterday. In New Orleans, Bayou Signet's I don't know if that's how you say it. Bayou Signet State Park is closed as staging. 
for a possible overflow isolation facility. And they've done that as well in Los Angeles County at the Dockweiler RV Park. There's a little bit of that sort of stuff going on. Um, also in uh, a county park in Jacksonville, Florida. And then in state parks all across the country, a lot of visitor centers are closed. They're asking people to print their reservation out at home and just put it on your window. They're trying to keep their staff um, away from as many of these travelers coming into town as possible. I don't know how all of this is going to play out in the end. I don't think, though, that this is going to be just like a couple of weeks. I think it is possible that we're looking at, you know, into the summer before and maybe even a little bit longer before things really start to feel regular well, again. Let's talk about before let's talk about some of the things that may change coming up. But before I do that, I want to do want to mention also that amusement parks across the country, Disney parks and Universal Studios, Six Flags parks, those those are all closed along with associated campgrounds with those places. Uh, but yeah, also, so you can't go to Fort Wilderness right. just to have a campground. It's completely closed. But also Navajo Nation, uh, they have closed all of their national park sites. So that's going to affect places like uh, Monument Valley and Antelope Canyon. And any campgrounds in the Navajo Nation have been closed as well. So what could happen coming up? Um, we know the government is considering some uh, travel bans, some interstate travel bans, maybe closing the border into California and to Washington, two states that are uh, very busy hotbeds for the virus uh, in and out of those states. That's a possibility. The government has said openly that they're considering that. Um, the governments of the United States and Canada and Mexico have all considered shutting the border down for travel into or out of the, the three different countries as well. So that's something to consider if you were planning on going up into Canada or going down into Mexico. And I suspect that that is something within the next mm -hmm. several days we're going to hear about. So if you're listening to this and you have travel plans for those areas, if you've got a California campground booked, this is something you're really going to want to pay attention to because you may not be able to get into the state. We know that the Department of Defense has, has told... Uh, anybody that's active duty or that works a uh, civilian Department of Defense, that they're not allowed to travel more than 250 miles from, from where they are at the moment. And we know that Illinois and, uh, and probably some other states as well, but Illinois is considering closing bars and restaurants. Look, I got to tell you, Chicago has to be losing its mind. And actually, I wonder if the restaurant thing went through and we should check on this um, and update the yeah, show. This was just when uh, this was just before we started recording. That okay. This was well, announced that that was a possibility. Our friend Eugene just texted me a little bit ago and said that the restaurants are closing day after tomorrow. Oh, wow. I so, right. So, and I know that attached to the Mercury, they have that they have grassroots. Yeah. So it's quite possible that they have now gotten yeah. word from the state that they have to close their restaurant. Our friend Eugene, uh, along with our friend Walter, they run a theater in Chicago. And all theaters in Chicago have pretty much closed except for some very small ones. Performing arts centers across the country. Everybody knows that the, the, uh, the major league sports have all shut down. The arenas have shut down. Concert tours have shut Broadway down. Broadway is dark yeah. for a month. I don't know that Broadway has ever closed its doors for an entire month, as long as I have been alive anyway. There is, it, the, the dominoes don't end on this. It's going to affect a lot of these industries for a very long time. You know, you look at something like Broadway, where 
a good third of the people that go to Broadway shows are foreign tourists. Mm -hmm. Those people aren't making plans. So even if Broadway opens up in a couple weeks, those there there are not going to be foreign tourists. That affects all the restaurants in New York. You know that affects all the hotels in New York. It it just continues and, and continues. Yeah. Uh, we know a lot of events are being canceled in the RV industry. The FMCA rally that we were supposed to be at Ugh. two weeks from now is Woof. canceled. Um, no, not even two weeks. It was was starting a week, a week from, from the. It was starting on the twenty third. The uh, Escapees upcoming convergence is canceled. The RV Entrepreneur Summit is moving to be online only. Many RV shows across the country are canceled. Yeah, I think we got a note that Portland over the weekend canceled. You know, there's a lot of RV trade shows that are supposed to be happening too. State trade shows, they've started canceling. I think Arizona has canceled theirs. Their campground uh, trade show. Yes. Uh So there's a lot of like the internal business of RV networking is also shutting down. You know, I don't know exactly what's going on in Elkhart right now in regards to manufacturing. Well, it, Do you? There, there have been no cases in the Elkhart area. So manufacturing has uh, stayed, you know, moving forward in, in the Elkhart area. However, there have been supply chain interruptions because so many parts come from China. Yeah. So there have been a few issues with that sort of stuff. And you know, the fact is that nobody is out buying an RV right now. No. So that's going I, to affect the, the industry as yeah. a whole, and there are going to be some slowdowns in manufacturing. Yeah, and we know some people that work in different areas of the manufacturing industry, and they seem to be going on business as usual. My dad works for McKesson, which is the third largest medical supplier in the world, maybe just the country, but I think in the world. And they're calling mandatory Saturdays. Yeah in their warehouse because they cannot keep up with the amount of work. And so they are working their warehouse, their supply employees just to the bone right now. now it's unfortunate. Yeah, I said, so there are some upsides for industries like that, the, for the grocery the industry. The butter industry and spam. Right now, spam is like making and, it rain. And for people that are traveling, Fuel is cheap. I mean, that's that's one upside right now is that fuel well, is super, super cheap. I got to right say, I haven't seen a drop of fuel in this area. Like it's still at two sixty three. Yeah, but I've seen people post diesel at like a, a dollar ninety. What in, in certain places? Yeah, Where? it's crazy in in Texas, and it's it's very it's down quite a bit in lots of areas. Wow. Here, this is an expensive yeah. gasoline area, so we're not going to see any fuel drops. I don't think. So one of the biggest issues right now has been getting toilet paper, and I you those of you that are posting on social media like don't listen to the hype. I just went to the grocery store and there was plenty of toilet paper. Let me tell you, there are there places where there is no toilet paper. Ain't no toilet. This paper. is one of them. We've got two rolls, <laughs> and we're trying to figure out what to do. I just want to say, listen, I've been to a, a Basha's, a Fry's, Walmart, CVS, Dollar General. I even checked a convenience store. You checked Home Depot as well. Home Depot. Ain't nobody got no toilet paper. <laughs> nobody. I've never, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. I'm going to talk a little bit later about shopping at Walmart yesterday, but I was so ragey by the time I left there, thank God I had a Starbucks coffee while I was in that place because I was so ragey. <laughs> so let, to, let's to, to lighten the load here to move away from the the coronavirus a bit. Because I've been I've been complaining <laughs> about TP for like four days now. I've got some I've got some fun facts here about toilet paper. 
Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Like, do you have do you have fun facts that involve making it? Because I, I think I we're going to have to make our own. So, so America didn't have prepackaged toilet paper until like the 1860s. It wasn't until 1935 that a manufacturer was able to promise splinter-free <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> Up until 1935, it was a Distinct possibility that there would be splinters there in your are, toilet paper. There are people still alive <laughs> who might be able yes. to recall the day that they were offered splinter-free <laughs> toilet and the, paper. The, guy, the first guy that it invented packaged toilet paper as well, he had his name embossed on every square. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not... That's not exactly where I want my name going. At least you never forgot who he was, okay? 7% of Americans admit to stealing rolls of toilet paper <laughs> from hotels. Who are you and what are you doing? Are you putting it in your suitcase and taking it home? And, and if you have any, will you send it to me? There's no, <laughs> right now, there's like literally no shame in that game. That's funny because we were watching an episode of Ellen's Game of Games last night because the kids are really into watching that right now. And they... One of the top 15 things stolen from a hotel room was toilet paper. But you know what was not in the top 15, which was really surprising to me? Shampoo and conditioner. Yeah. I would have put that up well, at the first. I don't think they curtains. consider. I don't think they consider that stolen because those are free samples. I yeah. mean, they don't give them. The, the next person doesn't use those. They do if it's not open. Well, I, I suppose. I mean, they're not going to reuse. But they're free them. samples. I mean, they're not like. But curtains. I was one of the top 15. Why, how, are you, how you get out of there? Who wants those curtains? And First pillows, off, they're so like, ugly. No, Ew. No. I don't want, I don't know. I don't understand that. And that's why we travel in an RV. Yes. Uh, anyway. Although um, I do love a good hotel. I'm not going to lie. If you're having trouble finding something to use, wealthy Romans used wool soaked in rose water and French royalty used lace. So find your wool. Ouch. And... You can use that in, in place of your toilet paper. You know what my mom said to me on the phone yesterday? <laughs> wow. This is, my mom must have like some hidden Roman in her. She's like, well, Abigail, it's, I know it's not the best idea, but if worse comes to worse, you always could just fill up a bucket and have some bleach water and get a rag and use that and then bleach just, water. just keep rinsing it. Why would bleach I put water. Ble- I'm not putting because bleach no- water on my butt. <laughs> Norma Sue puts bleach water when she does her dishes. So this is, I think this is just a generational thing, hun. So yeah, it's very, uh, I don't think she was talking like five to uh-huh. one, like five mm-hmm. things of bleach till you're one, but like just a drop, like just, just, just I don't kill the germs. disinfect my butt. <laughs> I need, well, just it, need to wipe it. Honey, it's not about your your person that you're disinfecting. Uh, right. It's the rag that you use. Oh God, babe. no, we're not. We're like the next person uses it. No, yes, no, no, yes. no, no, no. Yes, that was the point. So a friend of mine on on Facebook had a, a, a paper towel roll, and he cut it into thirds with a knife, and he was like, <laughs> "Follow me for more life hacks." <laughs> Uh, but other things that people have used over the years for toilet paper include hay. Corn cobs, sticks, stones, sand, moss, hemp, wool, husks, fruit peels, ferns, sponges, seashells, and broken pottery. Hey, I watch Outlander. I know all this. Okay. (laughs) On the International Space Station, they still use regular toilet paper, at least for now. Good for Uh, that. But it has to be sealed in special containers and compressed. Yes. Well, you know, there's that exhibit at Adler 
that at the planetarium in Chicago that has like you walk through a space station and they have yeah. the whole bathroom set up. Yeah, I get that. And every time our kids see corn cobs mm-hmm. when we're out near an outhouse, they're like, that's what people use to wipe their butts. <laughs> now, did you know, uh, do you know when the last major toilet paper shortage was? 2020. No. <laughs> the one before that. No, not in my lifetime. It was 1973. And, uh, you know, there have been shortages in hurricane areas and stuff like that. But a nationwide shortage, 1973. It was caused by Johnny Carson. What? He made a joke that there was a shortage. It was a complete joke. There was not a shortage. And everybody watching, because, you know, half the country is watching Johnny Carson every night. Over half, probably. They believed him and went out and bought up all the supply of toilet paper. And it took three weeks for stores to get back into stock. Could you imagine having that kind of influence it's over? Incredible. What do you do if you're Johnny Carson and you just realize that you caused a TP shortage? I, I do not know. I'm like, not, how do you walk that back? It's a crazy, crazy wow. thing, and wow. it's amazing how how much you know the when there were three networks, how much individual shows really affected America back then. I don't think Jimmy Fallon has that kind of pull. I don't think so now, especially since he doesn't have a so. studio audience right now. <laughs> Maybe James Corden. <laughs> he doesn't know. <laughs> hey, uh, let's take a break. And uh, and we come back, we're going to have some listener questions and we got a, a gear review for you all as well. Be right back. <laughs> Have you been considering a Harvest Hosts membership? With 2020 in full swing, now is the perfect time to become a Harvest Hosts member and start enjoying access to a network of over 900 wineries, farms, breweries, museums, and other unique attractions that invite RVers to visit and stay overnight. To save 15% on your Harvest Hosts membership, head over to rvmiles.com slash harvesthosts. That's 15% off a Harvest Hosts membership for RV Miles listeners over at rvmiles.com slash harvesthosts. Okay, it's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser. Now, you weren't here for this one, but I picked this one specifically for you. Oh, that's okay. sweet. I'm going to check Facebook while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Discovered in Africa, I spread like a tide to become a hot staple known the worldwide. A necessity to some, a treasure to many. I'm best enjoyed among pleasant company. Some like me hot, some like me cold, some prefer mild, others only bold. Some take me straight, while some like to savor my essence to which has been added a flavor. So put down your cares and sit a while with me. I'll send you back refreshed and full of energy. I know exactly what this is. I didn't even need to look at the answer. Well, that's amazing. That would be coffee 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 absolutely is coffee Coffee. now coffee was discovered in ethiopia and legend has it that a goat herder observed his goats acting unusually frisky after eating berries from a coffee bush when he tried them himself his energy was renewed and the rest is history i feel unusually frisky after (laughs) (laughs) and by frisky i mean like slightly awake like functioning human being (laughs) Hey, so it's time for a gear review. We haven't done a gear review on the podcast in a while. No, we haven't. we've got a great device for you uh, to consider. Now, we talked uh, a couple months ago about the Hughes 
surge protector with EPO. The, it's a it's the power watchdog, and that's the surge protector that we use on our rig to make sure that if there is a power surge of some sort or if the voltages are high or low, it shuts the power off. And it works wonders for us. But what happens if the power volt if the voltage in the campground is low? And we've had this situation happen to us several times. Couple times, yeah. Where the the volt one one campground we were at, the voltage got down to ninety six volts. That was wild. And in that situation, you should absolutely not be plugged into ninety six volts. Now, our surge protector would not allow us to. Uh, but what do you do? Just not have power. Uh, we didn't. Hughes, the company stunk. that makes the power watchdog, has an answer to that, and it's called the Autoformer, or they actually now are calling it the Voltage Booster, as well. And this is a device that plugs into your RV. It's a lot heavier than a surge protector, but it plugs between the campground pedestal and your RV. Uh, and it works a lot like a surge protector. It has the same wiring protection. It'll tell you if the wiring's backwards or there's an open ground or something like that. Um, it will protect you from a surge, from a lightning strike, or, or anything uh, of that nature. Uh, but what it does is it actually takes voltage that is low and boosts it up. And it, if you have just slightly low voltage, it'll just boost it up a little bit. And if you have um, a very low voltage, it'll boost it a little bit more. And there's a limit that it, it's, it's got to it. But you should never be plugging into anything under 108 volts. Really, 114 volts is the, the low end of the okay range. But the bare minimum is 108 volts. So anytime that we are in that range, uh, we plug this thing in because it is fantastic. It just boosts us right back up there, and it makes all your appliances run more efficiently. It's um, a cool device. It's it's very neat. The only thing I don't like about it, and the reason that we don't only use that, is that it doesn't have the app connectivity that the the watchdog has. And the watchdog allows us to if we if we go over our 30 amps in our trailer, which happens sometimes. It's been we, known to happen. When we leave a space heater on and then turn the microwave, turn the microwave on, on. And then we've got the that is <laughs> something else on it as well. Oh, it's it. just so hard to remember the, that. The water heater is the one. The yeah. water heater is the one thing that we always forget. Oh, the water heater is on. We should have turned that off before we wah, wah. turn the air conditioner on. Um, if we do that, I can go on an app with the watchdog and I can, once we've unplugged something or turned something off, I can turn our power back on without you know, getting dressed if it's the morning and going outside or if it's raining, I don't have to go to the power pole and, and flip a breaker or anything like that. The other downfall of the Autoformer is it's expensive. It's uh, it's about $450, I think, for the 30 amp version. And it's like $750 for the 50 amp version. Yeah, can I say something about that though? Because mm -hmm. you, you do say that a lot, that it's expensive. But I was thinking about this. And so let's say in our case as full-timers, I think a $450 investment is actually a really oh, so decent yes. price point investment when it comes to being able to protect potentially frying, destroying, ruining right. the electrical work inside your RV or potential devices in the RV. Now, you know, it's a, an upfront investment but if you're a full timer or a really heavy traveler especially and you I'm sure you're about to say this into private campgrounds yeah i think that that over time is going to be just like any other sort of like first upfront large investment you make. Well, it's really parks going. Are just as bad. It, oh, are they? Yeah, yeah. But well, I'm just saying. Look in the video, you cited private. Well, so I was just going off. Here's your the thing. I do think it is partially about how much you can. So if you only take your rig out a few times a year. 
it, then perhaps this isn't worth it for yeah, you. Yeah, the surge protector might be yeah. a, a better investment at a smaller price point. Also, it depends on how long you can go without being plugged in. Now, we could we could be fine without this device because we're okay for several days without power. We can boondock, but it's nice to have when, like, I mean, we're here for a month. If their power was bad here, if you camp a lot, if you're if you're like in Florida parks and you're you're there when everybody's using their air conditioning at the right. same time, voltage is going to drop. So the 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 surge protector is going to shut off your power to protect you, but the auto former is just going to it's going to raise it for us, so that yes, yeah, so that we could still have safe power. Now and I, I want to add our stuff. something here though. A, a lot of people know about these devices, and there has been. Some confusion about what they do. Um, the autoformers uh, can have the potential to actually steal power from the rest of the campground. Like by improving your own voltage, you're making everybody else's voltage worse. Hughes says that that is absolutely not true, and you're actually helping the campground's power by using a device like this. Well, isn't it because the device is boosting the power and then allowing more yeah. power to go to Well, uh, what, it, what it's off? doing is it's, it's changing the relationship between amps and, and, uh, and voltage. The amps and voltage together, I don't want to get too into the details. Yeah, because I'll fall asleep. But they, amps <laughs> times voltage equals wattage. That's your actual electricity, right? So but to increase the voltage... They have to drop your total available amperage a little bit, so you're losing like an amp when it's when it's you know at full power. Okay. You're losing like an amp of power. It's actually stealing it from you, not from everybody else camping. Right? Got it. It doesn't change their situation. It changes yours a little bit. So your total capacity might slightly change. It's not really enough that you should notice it. So, so bottom line is this is a really great product worthy of looking mm -hmm. into in our opinion Absolutely. and. Even though it might feel like a big chunk of change up front, if it's something that you feel is really important to your life as a traveler, this is actually a really good deal for it. It's yeah. a really good investment. And the $450 price point is actually discounted. That's not what they were retail selling this for. They've knocked off about $100. Thirty dollars like or yeah. something. Yeah, so. and the, the the fifth wheel one is a lot more expensive, and I, you know, that's because that's the fifty. The, or, amp? I'm sorry, the fifty amp one is yeah. a lot more expensive. So, I, you know, I can understand that, but you could even but fifty if, amps is more than thirty amps. Right, so there you have it. You could if if that's too much for you, and you are in a fifty amp RV, you could still get the thirty amp one, mm -hmm. and then you'd have just enough clean power. You have to run as if you're on thirty amp, but you could get the thirty yeah. amp one, not spend those few additional $100. I did a video on this as well. You can check out on, on YouTube, uh, see our video review of the Hughes Autoformer and yeah. check out our review of the Power Watchdog because that is like my number one recommendation, top device that any RVer should own is the Hughes Power Watchdog. Yeah, we're really big fans of this brand. Uh, okay, it's time to go on to some listener questions. You ready? Yes. All right, these are, these are mostly from our Facebook group. Uh, Douglas Young, our friend Doug uh, would like to know, uh, he's saying that as they're driving down the highway, uh, they're trying to figure out um, what lane to be in, right? So they've got a good distance to travel, no exit coming up soon that they need to take. What lane do you travel in? Because he's feeling some anxiety over being in that far right, right, that lane, right lane pressure and people trying to merge on and you know slamming on the brakes, uh, slamming on the gas, trying to make room for people. Um, 
and and that can be a big challenge. And he's he's mainly talking about highways where you've got three lanes, right? Which lane yeah. do you travel in? Because he knows that obviously you want to be in the right lane if there's only two lanes on the highway. But yeah, if there's almost- three. What do you do? It doesn't matter who you are to in a two-lane highway. You have to be in the right lane at this point. There are laws in different states now that you will get a ticket if you ride for too long in a passing left lane. Yeah, Yeah. it is. It it makes all the sense in the world to stay in the right lane. Now, from time to time, I'll move over to the left lane if somebody is about to merge and it yeah, looks or like you want dangerous, to pass. Um, or if I want to pass then somebody, well, I don't pass that many people. <laughs> no, we don't. That, the we used to pass nobody in yeah, the bus. Now when we pass, we pass somebody few. in the truck, I'm like, what? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> um, so we travel about 63, 65 miles an hour, uh, depending uh, for the most part, wherever we are. So my advice to Douglas, or just my suggestion in a nutshell, was to make like Elsa and let it go and yeah. just stay in that right lane. That's that's a personal preference. Now, some people said that they primarily ride middle lane. I don't particularly like that option. I like, because we've got young ones, that if all of a sudden someone needs to use the bathroom, we're already positioned to get off at that next exit if we need to. If something should go awry, we're already positioned to move immediately and safely over to the shoulder without having to try and cross traffic. Yeah. Now, for me, it's it's very traffic dependent, too, because if traffic is is very heavy and there's lots of people going off and on those exit ramps, uh, then I might be over a lane, uh, yeah. especially if there's like four lanes or more, then I'm definitely going to be over a lane because because that could get real busy. But yeah, for the most part, you have to just realize that you are not responsible for people merging mm-hmm. and you have to just, your your job is to maintain your speed. I have to say though, and I sympathize with him because when I'm driving, I, you know, I f- get anxious, like thinking about pleasing everybody else on the road. Like, oh, I'm not driving fast enough for the car behind me. Oh, I'm inconveniencing everybody. When in reality, I know that what I'm doing is safe. I'm in the right lane. I'm not, you know, sitting over there in a three lane highway on the left lane doing 65 and a 65. Like I, you know, I understand the rules of the road. It's very hard sometimes if you find yourself somewhat of a people pleaser in life to to not please everybody on the highway because there's something that happens to human beings when they get on the highway that just turns yeah. them in sometimes to kind of jerk faces. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about you, Dallas. <laughs> like, when we were in Dallas, even though I think we had like all these kind of entrance ramps into the right lane, we kind of, I remember, we kind of just stayed in the right lane and we were like, sorry, people deal with it or we will do our best to let you merge in first. But there was no way we were moving over. Like people were just way too aggressive, even in that middle lane, for us to think it was a good idea to get over. So sometimes you have to assess what is the actual all around safety of everybody on the road, even though it's going to upset a few people. Yeah. It might still just be safe for me to stay over here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I, the, the person merging on has to hit their gas pedal. Yeah. And look, and if, you're in, o- <laughs> I mean, if you're in Oklahoma, they'll just stop at the entrance ramp. <laughs> they just wait. Don't worry. They're they just, just going to stop and wait to merge on because that's apparently something that is taught in Oklahoma driving schools or tradition passed down from parent to child. If you're trying to get on an entrance ramp and it's busy, well, you just stop. All right, let's move on. All right, Andrew Stevenson would like to know a, a noob question. He called noob. it noob question. 
Why do some campers have an outdoor shower? Wouldn't letting your water run all over the ground be frowned upon? Uh, and he's particularly talking about at campgrounds. So outdoor showers are interesting because... They're like the outdoor kitchen. There's nothing shower-like about them, really. No, they're very low, and they're a little sprayer. And it's kind of a cheap thing that, that manufacturers can add that seems like a value-added <laughs> It's to, bonus, it's to right? try and have one more thing for the dealer to sell to you and to be like, yeah. oh, look, it comes with an outdoor shower. So now we don't actually shower with our outdoor shower, but we no, do use it from time that. to time. It is good for like rinsing off sand and mud on yep. kids and dogs. Um, I use it to wash my hands often after I'm uh, at the dump station, like yeah. while I'm parked at the dump station. That way I don't have to go into the rig and everything. I can just Thank do you it right for there. That. Yeah, <laughs> Thank and, you. you know, the water's hot and <laughs> yes. nice and it's right there and available. I, you know, if I want to spray out our cooler, I kind of use it sort of like a hose. Absolutely. I have yet, and if you're someone listening who does this, I'd actually really love to for you to tell us about it, but I've yet to meet anyone who actually uses it to wash their hair or to actually take a shower. Yeah. I've, I've generally, from what I understand and the way I've always seen them use, it's just for rinsing off. Yeah. Now, if you're like, you're going around in your toy hauler and you've got your mud jumping vehicles in the back and you're, uh, you know, you're out there getting real dirty and stuff. I could see maybe doing it out on some BLM land. But as far as the water on the ground, you know, we're that's a, the, that's the whole thing. We're talking about a little bit of fresh water on the ground. We're not talking about shampoo and and really right. showering. And um, a little bit of water isn't isn't going to hurt anything. As a matter of fact, this campground's gotten a lot of water <laughs> on the ground in the, the last week from the here. rain. I, but I do think that if you use any sort of soap out there for that shower. I, I would encourage you to use a biodegradable yeah, soap because there is a reason why the gray tanks get dumped into the sewer. And really, if you're going to put that stuff out directly into the soil, directly into the ground, just please try to be mindful of what you're using. Now, if you are on like BLM land or something like that, you can take a full shower on it with some biodegradable soap. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. No, um, you could do it in your rig though too. But you could also do it in your rig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and maybe, you know, depending on yeah. how close your neighbors are yeah. and what kind of shower you're thinking about taking, they might appreciate it if you do it in your rig. Just saying. All right. Another question. Uh, I've heard that power surges happen pretty regularly in RV parks. What causes this? I have an irrational fear that if I go to bed with both my fan and my AC on, that somehow I will fry my camper. You won't if you have a surge protector. Well, that's that's the number one thing. Get <laughs> yeah. a surge protector and get don't, a surge don't protector. worry about it. Yep. Um, absolutely don't worry about it. Get but a good surge protector. Don't get a cheapy one. Power surges generally happen from lightning strikes. That's the number. There are other reasons that power surges happen, but the number one reason is lightning strikes. Usually when a lot of power is being used, that doesn't causes surge that causes a reduction in power that causes that low voltage situation but there are like 10 million lightning strikes a year in the u.s lightning strikes happen all the time and when you're in campgrounds we've we've seen them happen very very close to us we've seen more lightning strikes than i feel yeah. comfortable admitting and uh and your surge protector is going to self-destruct basically it self-sacrifices so that all of your electronics in your rig won't get hurt. So there's nothing to worry about if you have a, a working surge protector. 
It, now, if you don't, and like, let's say you go to yeah. bed and there's a big storm happening, yeah. perhaps maybe you unplug. Right, because whether you have your air conditioner on or not doesn't change anything. Yeah. Your air conditioner or your refrigerator or whatever it is, it can be off. And if a surge happens, it's still going to fry potentially just yeah. by being plugged in. So, you know, so, plug it, unplug it, put that fridge on the propane. Yeah, you go unplug your whole rig. If you were in like a yeah. lightning storm, you can absolutely do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what I would do. I mean, that I think it, if it's just something you feel uncomfortable about and you know you don't have a surge protector and you, there is a possibility of thunderstorms rolling into your area, get a good night's sleep and just go unplug. You're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're pretty safe in an RV in, yeah. in terms of lightning strikes. Um, so don't worry too much about that. I think the bigger concern is like falling trees and stuff. Yeah. Go um, take a walk around your rig first. Yeah. Maybe move it if you feel, you know, but I mean, those are really, really extreme situations. We're talking like, right. I'm not talking like a little thunderstorm that rolls through or something. I mean, we're talking like severe, severe thunderstorm warnings. Yeah. But this is why, this is why everybody says one of the, one of the cheapest investments you can get to protect your rig is uh, an RV surge protector. Yep. Yep. Peace of mind for sure. All right. Those are our listener questions. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have our fresh tank, black tank segment and the new brain teaser. Be right back. RV Miles is sponsored by the Highway Weather app. When it comes to RV travel, weather safety is a top priority, which is why the Highway Weather app provides weather forecasts for road trips along every point of your route, adjusted for your time of travel. You can compare forecasts, get recommendations for the best time to head out, get severe weather alerts, add rest stops to long trips, and more. Did we mention all of that's included free in the app? For subscribers, there's a hands-free background feature to automatically alert you for upcoming bad weather. To download the app, visit highwayweather.io today or look for it in your iOS or Android app store. And we want to thank Highway Weather for being a new sponsor on the show. It's a really cool app. I mean, that the idea that you can actually see where the weather on your route is and change what time you travel, what time you head out and see where that weather is going to hit, make sure to miss it. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah, especially at this time of year for a lot of people, if you find yourself in the South and obviously here in Arizona, it's just, you know, raining a little bit. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you cut the sarcasm through the podcast there, but it's cool to have something that's so up to date that, you know, and geared towards like being on the highway. And Absolutely. that kind of travel geared towards RVers. It's awesome that there's someone out there thinking about that. All right. It's time for our Fresh Tank Black Tank segment where we talk about the good, the bad, the stinky happening in the world. There's a lot of that happening right now. Abby, what is your Black Tank for this week? So my Black Tank this week is grocery shopping. And I was back and forth on how I wanted to talk about this without seeming like I was throwing a temper tantrum because I can't find toilet paper. I feel like at this point, we all know Abby can't find toilet paper, right? I, the 
what what surprises me is so yesterday I went to a Walmart. Probably my first mistake was going to a Walmart on a Saturday morning post sort of everything that's happened at the back half of the week. But at this point, I had tried Home Depot, uh, Basha's, Fry's, CVS, uh, the dollar store. I even tried like a grocery, uh, uh, a gas station in the area. I can't find toilet paper anywhere. So I was like, I'm going to go to Walmart. There's no nothing. Everything's gone. The place was packed. People, it's almost like at some point, it seemed like people were running, okay? Like pushing their carts at an extra fast speed because they were afraid that if they didn't get to the section that they needed, what they needed would be gone. Shelves were bare. There is no toilet paper. There are no uh, wipe. Baby wipes are gone. There's no baby wipes. The diapers were almost completely gone. Uh, There's no RV toilet paper. Have you ever ever seen an empty shelf where RV toilet paper should be. No, no. And if you you think that people haven't figured that out. I know. They they have figured (laughs) that out. Look, (laughs) the secret is out. People know that there is a small grouping of RV toilet paper over in the camping section. Uh, Butter. There was no unsalted butter. Salted butter must be just like the most disliked butter ever because there was plenty of salted butter, but there was no unsalted butter. Brown sugar. I needed just the teeny tiniest little thing of brown sugar. There's no brown sugar. Someone sent us a picture. Everybody's baking, apparently. I know. I watched a woman dump 12 packages of bacon into her cart. That's insane. Okay. I went and I went and helped one poor lady because she was much shorter than I am and she couldn't reach the eggs because there weren't that many left and they were so far back. She couldn't get to them. So I was like, can I help you? And then she goes, yes, give them all to me. And I was like, really? You got to take all these eggs. When are you going to eat all those eggs? Like they do have a shelf life. So, and I just, there was just this, pandemonium and I just I I was getting really ragey like I just kind of stood there at Walmart and I had my coffee and I'm just kind of in the dairy aisle and I'm watching and I'm listening and I'm hearing things where people are saying like we don't really need this but get it anyway I'll just freeze it and I'm thinking to myself but there are people who might need it they're just grabbing whatever is available at this point like yes. if it's something that they ever use, well, let's just get it. And I'm sort of like, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm kind of like, I blame you, Johnny Carson of the coronavirus, <laughs> because clearly we have said that there is a need to stock up. We have sort of equated social distancing with uh, not leaving our homes, binge watching Netflix, cooking all the things and just hunkering down. And to some degree, that's exactly what we should be doing but we should not be taking from those who might need. Like I was thinking to myself, and I think this is a really important fact, when you go to take something and if you already have what you need to get through two or three weeks, please consider that there might be an elderly individual, uh, an immune compromised individual who can only get out or rely on somebody else at the time that is good for them to get out and go get the things that they need to stock their pantries with. And if you take from them because you need more than you have, then you put them in a very, very, very difficult position. You know, I think about your grandparents who your aunt does most of the shopping for when she can, 
you know? Well, what if, what if Aunt Nancy goes out to get all these things and she can't find them for Grandma Alice and Grandpa Hugh because we've bought them all the yeah. day that the apocalypse was announced? Yeah. Like, that's what, you know, as I was trying to stem my own panic in Walmart. And you have to recognize too, when you are in a mass group of people and you see two or three people panic, generally that makes everybody else around you panic. I had to really control myself to not be like, I'll just be taking all the things because I don't know, you know, yeah, <laughs> like that. So that's why I'm black tanking it. Go get what you need and please stay safe. And, and, but please don't buy 15 bottles of hand sanitizer because there might be a hospital that runs out and needs to send somebody, send an admin to the, like to CVS to get some hand sanitizer for those people in those hospitals. And they can't because CVS doesn't have it. I saw an article uh, in the New York times uh, that there's a a guy that has hoarded like 17,000 bottles of hand sanitizer. He's been working on it since the virus was announced in China. How long do you think it'll be before he has that stuff up on eBay? He has it on eBay, and Mm-mm. but there are Mm-mm. but he's he's getting he's getting a little bit hosed because they the laws in New York do not allow him to to resell in in you know in a panic situation uh, at a higher price. So he's, he just got to make his money back yeah, now. Yeah. That's unbelievable to me. So that's just my my black. All right. Just what is stopping. your fresh tank? For so this week? my fresh tank this week goes to all of our friends and family and our loved ones in the theater community in Chicago, in Kansas City, across the country, because they are again, I'm just going to talk about what I know and I know about theater and I know about RV. So I'm just going to talk about how things are going in Chicago and going for theater in general. These artists are some of the most creative and beautiful and wonderful people out there. And they make and design and bring to life things that sometimes absolutely blow my mind. And they right now are hurting and they are suffering because so many of them have lost jobs that include a loss of income. Well, and and a lot of our friends that do this, um, work in industries like the restaurant industry yeah. as their additional income, as their day job or right. whatever you want to call they're it. They're Uber drivers. They're, you know, they, they piecemeal these jobs in order to All follow their passion and their dream because believe it, you know, whether you know this or not, theater does not pay. You know, <laughs> now it pays for a very, very small percentage of those who make it into lead actor positions on Broadway and across nationwide. But even those you know, chorus individuals on Broadway, they're just making enough money to maybe put a little bit aside after they pay everything out that they have to pay in order to live and and breathe. This art is not something you do because you want to be rich. So why I'm fresh tanking it is I just want to say, you know, Broadway is dark until mid-April. All of Chicago theater has pretty much gone dark as well. And they're going to do that for probably until the weekend before Easter. Everyone's going to reevaluate. When theater opens back up, please go. Please go. If you're on the road, if you are in the suburbs of Chicago, if you are near Broadway, go back. Go back to the theaters. Go back to these artists because they need you. The small Chicago storefront theater 
needs you and the 35 other people they can fit into that space to do their show, you know? And so I just want to fresh tank theater and put it in people's minds that when theater comes back, it's, it, they will need all of us because art is not a solo endeavor. Absolutely. All right. So Chicago theater, Kansas city theater, we love you. We're always going to be here supporting you. We're going to get through it. So Jay, what is your black tank? Uh, let's bring this back to RVs a bit. Um, my black Why? tank. This what is this? Week, an RV podcast or uh, something? My black tank this week is the leak in our slide. <sighs> I got to leave if you're going to talk about this because I'm going to get mad. We developed a little leak. Um, a little? It's little. I mean, you know, it, it hasn't caused severe damage or anything at this point. I think I, I, as much as I want to be mad at Heartland who built our trailer. I kind of think it stems from the little bit of a fender bender I got into when my eyesight was going bad before. Uh, Excuse be- me? Yeah. Oh, be- this you decided to this, drop this, this on this me in the podcast? Too, yeah. Oh, I, I, I see you. I think cuz we hit what I, we went through a construction site and we hit the just the little tiny like quarter inch that's sticking out of the slide. Uh, it hit like a construction fence type thing. And I think that's where our little leak came from. But I think I fixed it as well. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the big reasons why I ran to... (laughs) I forgot that we were filming, and I've literally just been here with my my head in my hands, rubbing my forehead in frustration. Um, Yeah, that was why I was running to Home Depot yesterday. So that's annoying. And luckily, it was a leak that we could feel and see because it was on the carpet of our slide and... We knew it was there and yeah. it wasn't like a hidden one or anything like no, that. No, thank goodness. I mean, yeah. silver lining. And you know what? Once again, Nocardia just keeps on making sure we remember it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not going away so anytime that, soon. That's been fun, especially yeah, since it's so been fun. raining every single day this mm-hmm. week. And you can't really fix a leak while it's raining. Nope. nope. So uh, that's been interesting. What's uh, your fresh tank? My fresh tank is th- this is uh, something coming uh, from the RV Industry Association. Um Fifth wheels, fifth wheel trailers, have long been limited to 430 square feet. Uh, And regular travel trailers are limited to 400 square feet by the RV Industry Association, who develops the standards which RV manufacturers build under. The reason those, those two square footage limitations existed is there has been some concern uh, over some rulings from the Housing and Urban Development Department. Uh, that if they went any bigger, that they might that RVs might be considered housing and would fall into some other building code issues, right? They have recently been able to get a clarification ruling from HUD to say that RV trailers are not considered housing. And as simple as that sounds is, you know, it's our house, so it, it is housing for some people. But that ruling is going to allow... RV manufacturers to now build fifth wheel trailers bigger to bigger square footages. Regular travel trailers are going to stay at 400 square feet. But if you've ever noticed, if you if you're a fifth wheel owner, if you've gone shopping for fifth wheels, the longer the fifth wheel gets, the smaller the slides are. Mm-hmm. Right? There are fewer slides; they don't go out as far. And this is why it's this 430 square foot limitation. And I've always sort of told people that there's no reason to go 
really, really long because you're not gaining square footage in a fifth wheel. Well, now this is going to free up RV manufacturers to make the same size slides that they put in other shorter fifth wheels or in the, you know, the big class A's into some of the bigger fifth wheels. So fifth wheels, they're not necessarily going to get longer. Fifth wheels are about to get wider. Wow. Which I thought was really interesting. Another thing that the RVIA announced with, along with this, this press release with this announcement is that they're developing a standard. It is not in place yet. They're developing a standard for measurement uh, front to back, tip to tail of RVs because there is no standard of measurement. <laughs> yeah. When you see a, an RV listed in its, at its length, you don't know what that length is because yeah, well, manufacturers it do measured? it in different ways. Yeah. And most fifth wheels, it goes from the pin uh, of, and not the very front of the nose cap. It goes from the pin to the rear bumper. In most trailers, it goes from the, the hitch to the rear bumper. But it's not always the same. And it's not always advertised the same. So our trailer is a QB300. And a lot of times that that number is it, it, it refers to its size. That number, that 300 refers to may refer to 30 feet or whatever. Um, and, and it does in ours. The interior box of our RV is about 30 feet. But when you add the hitch on the front and the bumper on the back and, and our rack on the back, that all is not included in that. So we're actually about 37, 38 mm -hmm. feet total. So they're developing a standard that will be printed right on the side of your RV how long this RV is. So that you don't have to get a tape measure out when you're shopping, that sort of stuff. You can know exactly how long the RV is, tip to tail. So they're 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 figuring it out how they're actually going to measure these. I think it's pretty obvious. You measure from the yeah. very very front <laughs> thing, whatever the thing is on the front, to whatever the last thing is on the back. That's what you need to measure. Jason, we'll see. We are in a century of progress. <laughs> we, we are. We really are. Hey, RV I, industry moving forward. Yeah. And really quick before we wrap this up, I just want to go back to something we were talking about at the top of the show, and I did just get confirmation from my friend in Eugene that a half an hour ago, they got word that the state of Illinois is closing all restaurants. Holy cow. That is, that is some big news. Wow. I, I don't know what Chicago is going to do for itself. Wow. That is a huge hit that, to the city. That is a huge hit to a lot of people. Yes, um, that's going to be uh, oh, that's amazing. So, yeah, that just came down. Um, I think that will go into effect on Tuesday. Wow. So if the grocery stores were not uh, hurting, oh, they will be now. Yeah, they weren't hurting. Well, I actually saw now. one silver lining in Chicago that uh, all the grocery stores are hiring. They're they're asking for temporary work. And if people are there out of go. jobs, they're willing to work around their schedules. They're willing to work with people with no experience. They want some help because the grocery stores are overran. Right All right. Now. Let's wrap this up with a brain teaser because we told our kids we'd take them to the pool 15 minutes ago. All right. Let's do it. The words in the following common phrase were taken out and replaced with synonyms. See if you can decipher the phrase. If about beginning you are not able to become victorious, start over and begin again twice. I got this one. If you think you know the answer, you can find out on next week's episode of the RV Miles podcast. Thanks for joining us, everybody, this week. Make sure to check us out also on the See America podcast, which is about to start its third season, yep. and the America's National Parks podcast as well, wherever which you listen to these Which never stops. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> there are no seasons for America's National Parks. Yes, and if you are enjoying RV Miles, we would really appreciate if you would just drop a quick 
five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. We cannot believe how many of you have already gone over and done that for us. Our numbers have just been jumping, which has meant that RV Miles has moved way up in the travel and places section of Apple Podcasts. It's huge. We are so close to cracking the top 10. So if you can help us out with that, we would just, we would so give you a long distance hug because we're practicing our social distancing. And if you're watching this on YouTube, if I actually got it out there, great. Uh, make sure to like the channel, subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. Hit notification Bing! Thing. Like if I point down here like everybody does, does yeah. that mean they're going to show it's up? Over, it's, it's in over one of these here. five yeah, places. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, and of course, RV Miles is all across social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And we have the RV Miles Facebook group, which is such a cool group of people. And they love when we ask questions and you ask questions and everybody loves to chitty chat about it. So go over there and join us. And we would love to meet you, love to talk to you. If you have questions for Jason or I, please feel free to drop us a DM across any social media platform. We are also over at editor at rvmiles.com. Make sure you continue to check rvmiles.com as well for the up-to-date information about RV and travel as the coronavirus kind of comes through this country and we all figure out together how we want to move forward. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We're thankful for you every single week. And until next week, keep logging those RV miles and wash your hands, people. Bye, everybody. 